Welcome to the Shutdown Full Cast. Uh, we're uh, we're the Shutdown Do Cast tonight because uh, it's just me and Jason. So this is your Southern Hospitality Edition. We're the Shutdown Two Thirds Cast, and and yes, I realize everyone out there making the government shutdown joke that the government shut down and the podcast was shut down in its name is not at full strength. That's because Ryan works for the federal government. We can't. We can't tell you which department. He's he's way high up. He's the president. <laughs> yep, it's it's Ryan in a costume. You thought the onion suit was the beginning of his um uh orange rubbery greasy costuming for the year? No, he's got a few of those. Just final form in it. That's what he's doing. Mhm. Just evolving. A radioactive Bloomin' Onion bit him in Tampa. Don't act like that wouldn't happen in Tampa. <laughs> That's a Tampa Pokemon. <laughs> Ryan's like Ryan's like the second tier evolution. There is an even bigger one. Yeah, there. That's it. We just the mega. We just have to get him. We have to get him super full of salt and saturated fats. That one. That one's the booming onion. The, <laughs> the dooming onion. That, that that completely could happen. In Tampa, if Tampa had a Pokemon, you know, it would be like the, I don't know, <laughs> the Fraud Kita, the Fraud Kita. But it's an onion. Yeah, no, it's that's... it's it's definitely an onion. Right, that's it. That's it. I really want you know Japanese cities all have like a mascot for their town, right? Like yeah. Kumamon. If you've seen like. There's a famous gif of Kumamon, you know, at a place where somebody's sautéing and and they throw up, you know, something in a walk and they throw it up and it's fire and the Kumamon flaps his hands in panic like, ah, that's Kumamon. He's he's one of the official mascots for, um, I forget exactly which Japanese city, but um, we need mascots for cities in the United States and they need to be like, oh, I'm sorry, it, it's it's not for a city. It's for the it's for the government of Kumamoto Prefecture, which take take you back to Iron Chef. Ah, Kumamoto Prefecture. Many happy weekends in my youth did I spend there among its richest crop, the golden pepper. So this is not like a city using its local sports teams as mascot. This is the city itself having having a mascot. Right. Atlanta, of course, is ahead of the curve here because in the 90s we had a um, – it was a drop of water that looked like an alien person. Its name was Izzy and it was our Olympic mascot. So we can bring Izzy back and we are good to go. Nope, nope. Izzy got loose in the sewers. It's over. <laughs> Izzy is down Izzy, there. Izzy can find his or her way out. <laughs> Just stick your – if you want to find Izzy, stick your head down a drain and go, Hey! Hey, where wherever two or three are gathered in traffic, Izzy is there with them. But yeah, we need like Tampa needs one. <laughs> it would have a cigarette. No, no. <laughs> it would no. It would be a cigarette, and it would be a cigarette that was vaping. It would be like from the Doonesbury comic, the walk, the talking cigarette. Yeah, but vaping. <laughs> talking vape baton. What do they call those things? Vape stick. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go with vape stick because it makes me laugh. 
What, vape. Um, I don't know. The vape object. You, you know. Y'all are laughing at me. Va- like a, I'm supposed to know what vape objects are. A vaping scepter. <laughs> That's the next level. If we can cross the buy swords in the mall crowd with vaping crowd. <laughs> and get like a massive Gimli type like club that you know you can vape out of. And then they battle in the food court casting smoke spells at each other. <laughs> 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 and they, they have to send a party into the smoke cloud to rescue their fallen member who can't see because he got vape smoke in his eyes. Yeah, he triggered he triggered the smoke alarm at the uh at the Asian Chow. Oh, the dungeon master has released an event. It's mall cops. Take this sick us. vape. <laughs> that's it. That's it. I'm really I, I would be all for a Lord of the Rings remake that was strictly based around vaping where Gandalf was like the king of the vape. Oh yeah, he could he he he'll he'll loose a loose a big formidable cloud, and then white shores. <laughs> this is a college football podcast, by the way, which is why we just opened with discussion of all of these things because uh, it's the off season. I don't know if you noticed, but it's coming up on the end of January. We're uh, rounding out past your East West Shrine games, past the national title game, which was good. I will adamantly maintain for the rest of the offseason at least that it was a good game with a Spencer good... loved that Bama win I did I did you know why they won on four vert you know how mad that made them oh yeah they had to sell their soul to do that exactly sell their... what's the opposite of a soul a soul they had to buy a soul to do that that's what they had to do they did. <laughs> I, I am a real boy with human desires and an affection for that most human of plays four vert <laughs> and then they, then and then the soul got uh, de-recruited. Yeah, you know, no. They, when you, when you they, bring in the five star, and then you tell him he ain't shit. Yeah. De-recruiting process. They gray, they gray shirted that soul. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what a side piece is? That's you, but as a recruit, you feeling that? Is that you? You aware of what we're doing? You're right here in Tuscaloosa Purgatory. It's in Mississippi. My mom was in Tuscaloosa the other day, and I got this. Uh, on, uh, via text message. This is your Alabama news. Alabama news. Just a set. That's a segment. I just made it up. No, we do this all the time. This is this is sponsored. Sponsored Alabama news. Sponsored by Hoover Tactical Firearms. Are you ready? <laughs> I'm not making up. Uh, only making up one part of that. That's that they would sponsor us. This. This is uh, seen at Texas Roadhouse in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Next text, text message, three minutes later. Server filling, ba- filling baby bottle with sweet tea. Oh, man. Wow. Yeah, that, check, that checks out. Can you, can you put it right in here? Calling child services. <laughs> Fill up an IV. Just put it right in there. In the Texas Roadhouse. That's Tuscaloosa, y'all. So, in case you wonder how Alabama's celebrating their national title, the answer is juvenile diabetes. <laughs> yeah. Mm. It's got them this far, so Vic- stick with... Ride the ATV that brung you. That's what I always say. Victory's a little too sweet. <laughs> That's like the... If you walk around any mall in the South, you'll find somewhere there'll be, like, memorabilia that's like, we like our tea. Sweet. <laughs> 
like Yankees can't handle it. You know, it's like you're walking around a fucking farmers only dot com commercial. If you're in any like <laughs> gift shop in the mall or whatever. Yeah, like a half half dead mall. It helps if it's like two thirds to half dead. Well, that goes without saying. It's yeah. a mall. But yeah, you gotta ha- you gotta have the like, hey, we like our our tea sweet, which would be the equivalent of somebody in like I don't know, like Philadelphia being like, yeah, we eat like five slices of cake a day. Can you handle it? <laughs> Maybe you can't. You Maybe like, you can't, I bitch. Eat, I eat like nine candy bars like every day. <laughs> this, this is my cultural heritage. Stop erasing my culture. Stop, <laughs> stop erasing white culture. I'm sorry, it's Philly, so I have to do the Bucks County, you know. Oh, yeah, you know, I'm a real store in the cake-eating community. You know, just a superstore. That's, that's, that's me. I eat like nine slices of cake a day. My 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 nutrition's very poor. Per. I do like how all of America is uh, stuck aligning itself with Philly for um, the next two weeks. <laughs> That's pretty good. Like I mean, you are a vocal um, appreciator of Philly, and I, I'm I'm cool. I I would say among like the 25 biggest cities in America or whatever, I'd have it up there. I like the um, the open embracing of garbage living mm-hmm. is unparalleled. <laughs> In cities of that size, when one of the biggest cultural events there is the Wing Bowl, and when when somebody asks about the Wing Bowl, they're like, "Oh yeah, is it like funny or cool?" They're like, "No, it's 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 disgusting. (laughs) It's terrible, and the people there are terrible." They're like, "Oh, what about an Eagles game? It's great." Yeah, yeah, you know that's they're horrible. They throw beers at people, like (laughs) like you know spilling them. No, like in the cans without opening them. Which I saw yeah. footage of yesterday. This is not one of those things, because there are some stories Philly's, Philly fans will tell you, like, oh, yeah, back in the vet in 82, my dad and you know his buddy from the Union beat a dude to death with a baseball bat because they were talking shit about Ron Jaworski. No, like, I, I know. It's not that anymore. But, yeah, yesterday, just people throwing beers. Somebody took a monster truck up the, up the like, Rocky Steps. Dude, oh, wow. Damn, respect. Yeah, no, that's when that's when my hat came off, sir. <laughs> and over this heart. Cuz he went cuz they went gravedigger on them steps, which is, you know, symbolic of Philly's comeback from Urban Blight in the 70s. Rocky running up in a crappy sweatsuit alone pre-dawn 2017, an Eagles fan taking what appeared to be something between a doom buggy and a monster truck. The video is very dark, but the noise, it's distinctive and definite and unmistakable. Up the steps. <laughs> like, earlier, Vikings fans did their little skull chant. Just got up there and, you know, Oh, boy, we're, we're so powerful and mighty. In the dark later, an Eagles fan said, Yeah, fuck that shit. Watch this majesty. <laughs> That's SEC as hell, y'all. I don't Yeah, to, to be quite frank, it is. <laughs> no. In fact... Actually, I don't know if anybody's actually taken a monster truck to a major symbolic monument at a university out of celebratory glee. So, cheers. You're, you're a step ahead, Philadelphia. Well done. Yeah. Wow. Damn. That's that, that's our new capital, if you ask me. No. Um, they, they, they just want... Also, it's fun because uh, people in Boston will go, you know, it's little. It's smaller than you know. But, like, you know, it's a really high quality of life and there's a lot of really good stuff. And you go up there and you probably be like, eh, eh. 
Philly, they're like, what's good about Philly? And they're like, nothing. It sucks. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, it's that, so they set your expectations as low as possible. And then you see, like, um, like the viral video of someone sprinting into a pole while chasing after a subway train. <laughs> and now, th- that city has already exceeded all of your expectations. It's, it's genius. All of them. Also, Philly fans are just really funny. Like, <laughs> Treblaw, who is my one of my favorite followers on Twitter, period, will just tweet out a... <laughs> Just tweet out a picture of like a crappy 1989, uh, like an Encarta grade Philadelphia Eagles helmet, right? Like an almost 16-bit looking helmet. And uh, like the caption will be like, hey guys, thinking about this. <laughs> like just the crappiest <laughs> tweets. Just garbage. Complete garbage. It's majestic. Like the funny, the like the funniest Penn State fans and Eagles fans. There's like a one for one overlay there. It's a great, it's great, and also they're way, way funnier than Patriots fans could ever be. So go, go Eagles if there's an NFL concern here, because uh, one they openly embrace crap living. Two, they have Derek Barnett, which I I would love and will ride for Derek Barnett to the grave. So because um, he has no apparent skills or speed, and yet somehow manages to do nothing but damage everyone he plays against. Also, they have Nick Foles, who threw for 75,000 yards in college while mm-hmm. winning, uh, I believe it was six games, six as, games uh, yeah. as as the solid verbal cataloged, um, and has become like, like he blew up under Chip Kelly. He had one of the best seasons in football history. And then disappeared, played for like four teams, and now look who's back. It's Nick Foles back again, leading the Super Bowl run. Yeah, J, they got J.H.I. J.H.I., J. Pickle Juice J.I., who... Pickle Man. Yeah, when most people would be seen, you know, drinking distilled pickle juice from some sort of secondary container. No, at Boise State, J.H.I. was fond of being shown on the sideline, drinking out of the Costco size pickle, like brine, just... <laughs> Sucking it down on the sidelines, so there's a lot of there's a lot of graduates, a lot of college football graduates in there, who we're very fond of, you know. Additionally, if Philly wins the Super Bowl, it will be the most depraved behavior. Not like, oh boy, we stayed up till three, and you know, uh, like I don't know, I got thrown in the drunk tank. That was kind of funny. No, 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 no. And I, not like, and not like, we took off our shirts. Uh, we, you know, not like normal depraved behavior. Not even like, woo, we tipped over a car. It's just going to be weird shit. No, weird there's, shit. there's going to be somebody out there who's like, I pulled all the skin off my face. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting there talking, just like muscle moving. You're like, oh, that's going to, you need some grass for that, buddy. Go Eagles. Yeah. Go Eagles. We're eating Todd's face. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good, dude. He's Todd such, loves it. He's such a good guy. He's letting us eat his face. Good fucking guy. He loves the Eagles. He's a great guy. Oh yeah, Philly. It's it's basically like um it's basically like if it's basically like if Squidbillies, you know, were like a northeastern city. And I, I I mean that as the highest like form of compliment I can give. So well done. Again, monster trucks on the Rocky st- monster truck on the Rocky Steps. Whew, ahead of everything, man. That's next level. And that was our football discussion for the day. Yeah, that's good. I'm gonna stretch. <laughs> We said about 
about five words of football in there. And uh, the funny part of this podcast, once we transition from uh, in the season to off season, you sort of look back and like, well, damn, we made it through the whole season by talking about football for about half an hour all combined. And now we don't even have to do that. Just- yeah, I, I would do this. I would encourage you to think of the off season like the season. There are people who are going to dominate this. There are teams who are going to rise and fall. And there are teams that, you know, they're going to prevail. There are people who will matter more than others. It's necessary to think of it as a year-round sport that just happens to have, I don't know, a week or two of breaks here or there, right? For instance, uh, now we're in recruiting. Recruiting is going to go straight into, uh, let's see, workouts and uh let's see spring football spring football is going to go right into vacation when all coaches mate mm-hmm. right it's a very exciting mm-hmm. time of year they get they get rambunctious their antlers grow you know extra big that is when all coaches fuck each other and have graduate assistant children they do they do thus the nepotism problem everybody in college football related see boom that's how it works then you go into like, you know, summer practice and, you know, or fall practice, summer workouts. And then, you know, we're inconvenienced with actual football. This is to say, I think you need to preview the off season a lot like you think of the regular season. Yeah. Like this time of year, you see a lot of like way too early 2018, you know, odds and rankings and all that stuff. Like, hold, 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 hold on there. Hold on there. There's there's good meat left on that off season bone. We 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 need a we need a way too early off season rankings. I Don't. mean we're, we're going to be spending what eight months with this thing. Let's 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 not let's not fast forward, Pat. <laughs> I mean think of all the tales of off season legend we would have missed if if we'd gone and done that. I mean, would Jim Harbaugh have the same luster that he has? I mean, there's your preseason, your 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 off season number one entering the off season every year is Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, dominant. Like maybe the most dominant off season coach since Mac Brown. Maybe Les Miles. Mm-mm, Les Miles is a great one. <laughs> Les Miles is an all time. Now, I mean, in the positive sense, I will say, Bob, sure. Bobby Petrino, he got a number one, but at what cost? Actually, not much. He just got his old job back. Yeah, he he ran up he ran up he ran up a high point total in that one. He did, he did. But you know that's you know I would say Bobby Petrino is the Urban Meyer. Like what Urban Meyer is to in season, Bobby Petrino is to the off season that he's gonna score a lot of points, he's gonna win a championship. The aftermath, buddy, the aftermath's gonna be uh it's not gonna be what you think it's gonna be. Right, yeah. Yeah. Hey man, he makes moves, he gets the job done. <laughs> just listen, just put him on that bike. He'll remember how to ride it for a while. Do you, do you want to win the offseason or do you not? Hey, let me put up. So, I mean, obviously Harbaugh has got to be number one. He's got a, a fourth place finish in, in the in the division to distract people from. Mm, it's true. Didn't, um, didn't finish third again. Granted, it was going to be a rebuilding all year all along. Blah, blah, blah. Still, um, yet to really accomplish anything other than winning a bunch of regular season games in Michigan. I, I think still doing a pretty good job, but I, it's it's not cool to say that. So he's gonna he's gonna act up this off season. We all know that he's gonna take the team to um, Mars or what have you. 
Matt Damon can do it. Jim Harbaugh can do it. Um, what What are the cities that wouldn't work? Right, like because because this is going to happen, right? Like Milan, Rome, and Harbaugh's just going to get a a wild one up his ass and go. You know what? We need to reach out to the biggest populations possible. Why Why don't we go to Why don't we go to Delhi? Let's go to Delhi. Come on, boys. Let's go. We're going to be jet lagged for the next two months. Hey, jet lag's in the mind. Glory is forever and malaria can be treated. Jet lag lag is is just uh, changing tempo during an offensive drive. That's all. Boys, the the all blacks do this all the time. Surely Michigan football would be the same. I think I like um, Herm Edwards. For that, for the off-season rankings, high up there. I, I mean, think, he's, he, I think he, he kicked the fucking door down on the way in, and <laughs> then he then he apologized and kicked in the correct door. <laughs> I don't even think we've addressed this detail of this on here in his opening presser when someone said uh, identified their outlet Devil Digest or whatever. Did you see this? Oh, when he said Devil Digest, he goes, oh, "Devil." No, 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 no! No devils around here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this that, is a. That, I'm a Christian man. That's amazing. That that's fucking awesome. That you. This guy. This guy is an off-season master. <laughs> that Herm. That Herm walked in. Clearly misunderstood why it was called Devil Digest in the first place because he was that new to the job and continued to sail forward with no interruption in enthusiasm, <laughs> delivery, or commitment to answering whatever the question might be. Maximum confidence, no matter what has just come out of your mouth seconds prior, that is the off-season mindset. That's what's going to get us through to August. You know, when 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 the when the opportunity is there, um, to you know, when the SID or whoever comes to you and says, "Hey, coach, we want to, we want to, we want to, we want to have a drone follow you as you jump off a gas station." I'll you jump know. off a gas station to get this five-star punter. Yeah, kids will love it. It's it's called gas stationing. Kids love it. Now, there's also, uh, I will give another person who I think has shown to be the king of the off-season during the in-season and could possibly give, I'm not saying a, a top-five performance, but definitely top-tier performance, Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin at oh, FAU, yeah. man. Already making already making waves because if you'll remember, there was actual news this past week. Lane Kiffin made a hire uh, at offensive coordinator. He hired Charlie Weiss, who's twenty four. Yeah, yeah, Charlie Weiss Jr. We should be sure he's he's twenty four. The twenty four year old Charlie Weiss, who is younger than Case Keenum was as a sophomore, I believe. Yep, Case Keenum was uh, 29 when he graduated, I believe. He went through some stuff, man. He was he was he was there a while. Um, I mean, I feel like with Lane, it's like there's not even an off season or an in season. It's like the, the eternal the eternal off season of the spotless mind. Is that what the movie's just, called? Just just wipe. We just wipe his memories. Life is an off season. <laughs> that and uh, that and. You know, there's no telling. We have spring practice. We have uh, commercials. We could do another Tim and Eric style Lane Kiffin commercial, right? Because <laughs> kids love that. Yeah. 
It worked, didn't it? It worked. Hey, we're talking about it right now. Hey, that's a fact. We're talking about it fucking eight months later. That's bang for your buck. I'm like, man, he looked sweaty and fat. And he's like, ha ha, I got you. <laughs> I got him. I got pretty bloated. This less salt. So much salt. <laughs> I ate cotton, nothing but cotton candy for 10 straight days. It works. I'm going to short several people in the offseason stakes. I'm going to short Tennessee because Tennessee made uh, one of the most, I mean, I didn't say bad hire, just a just a lumpy, boring hire. Just a lumpy. I, I, I think Tennessee, the thing with them is they just already blew their offseason load for like the next five offseasons all at once already. <laughs> the, I mean, if, if, if the, we started the, the offseason after the title game, like... What more is there to say or do? Well, you would hope not, right? Like you'd just be like, "Yeah, listen, if you guys, if you guys are even thinking about having any real kind of events, just reconsider. You don't need any more events. You're full. You took all your. <laughs> You're events. booked. You're booked. I mean, Jeremy Pruitt, like you know, um, he's got a hell of an accent. Um, I don't know if he if he's funny, but you know if he gets around a mic, who knows what the fuck he might say or how it might be um, interpreted. So it's hey, coming. That's it, it's coming out of a dude who looks like a big sack of mashed potatoes, right? <laughs> I mean, he's just one of those people that looks like a big old sack of mashed potatoes. So I'm just gonna say, you get real excited for taters. Hey, oh, that's what I'm gonna end up calling him, isn't it? Jeremy Pruitt's tater, Mr. Taters. He's just Mr. Taters. <laughs> <laughs> here comes mr taters coach mr taters he's just one of those guys that like he's gradually going to morph into his boss right he's, he's like uh he's like a mike tice right just a big old lump of a man like a paul christ yeah just 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 what is he big old sack of man right there <laughs> that, that's just a duffel bag with eyes um let's see the, so the off-season short list, obviously Wisconsin will never. We just you, Wisconsin. You only need to to know about Wisconsin football for fifteen days out of the entire year. For the other three hundred and fifty, all it does is just gestate. If there's a game going on, Wisconsin's probably going to win. Otherwise, no news whatsoever emanates from the state of Wisconsin. They got they got that shit on lockdown. So Wisconsin last in the offseason rankings every single year, and that's the way they like it. Uh, USC, we're just short them. We're not going to hear anything out of them. And then also, everyone's going to forget who Clay Helton is. There was a slight rise in Clay Helton awareness. <laughs> you know, maybe second week of November, first week of November, people began to gradually remember that Clay Helton was the name of the guy who coaches the USC Trojans. That's fallen off the map with the holidays um, and with the new year. He's going to have to start all over again on brand recognition. So uh, nothing's going to happen at USC. Nothing. Poof. Off the map. Um, I'll tell you who is, Kai, is um, UCF. I mean, they've already, they've already declared themselves champs of one thing, so maybe they're going to come for another... Um, I say this not disparagingly. Make believe title. All titles are make believe. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you, you replace Scott Frost. Not a ton of personality, but he he, he dropped a couple zingers on the way out. I don't I don't I don't know if we know uh, if Josh Josh Heupel 
what his uh, mic game is like, but mm, not not real. I'm not real strong, Jason. So I mean, not... I'm guessing he's not exactly stone cold, but no. If if you ever want to be a coach who talks shit, UCF is a good place to be right now to do it. Zero cost, and also administration's going to be full on behind you. Whatever you want to say, if you want to start, if, if you want to start every single press conference with, you listen up, Bobby the Brain Heenan. They'll they'll do it. So, like, UCF, they already had, what, like, 130,000 fucking students or whatever. After their um, after their undefeated season, do they have, like, a quarter million students on campus right now? Yes, yes. They actually are the eighth largest city in Florida. By size and by population, they're fourth. So, <laughs> they basically ate Orlando. They're just, like... So, they got... that. Would, those, those numbers would mean they got all the skinny people. Yeah, they're like Visigoths, man. They just... Uh, slowly pillaging one neighborhood at a time yeah listen we're gonna need all of your usb cables all the we just got a lot of charging to do so much cell phone charging why have to look at highlights of our national title winning season i want this i want somebody in uc somebody in orlando i don't know maybe a newspaper columnist talk show person red talk radio person to put pressure on josh heupel to defend the title that's <laughs> and if he doesn't, his ass is out. Oh, listen, you, he you, failed to uphold the championship standard here at Central Florida. We had a standard here in Orlando. God damn it, we hadn't <laughs> lost in years. It's not the university. You know what? Winning is at the core of every program. One might say it's central, a part of the very name of this August University, the University of Central Florida, as in the University of Winning Florida. Look around you, consumer. Thirteen and zero and lost in the Sugar Bowl. The only UCF around you is you can't finish. <laughs> you piece of shit. Bag that take. It's fresh and it's hot. By the time it gets to the store, you won't get it. You got to get it directly from. You got to get it straight from the source. Jason Kirk, UCF football expert. Yeah, this is what happened. Um, well, let's see. Georgia should be high on your offseason rankings because of that big fancy Cruton class they got coming in. Um, Georgia, it looks like either Georgia or Ohio State will have the number one class. Georgia has gotten most of the headlines so far. So if Ohio State were to swing, swing in and claim the number one spot at the end, they'd probably do the college football thing and both claim it. Mm-hmm. Sure, that's fine. That's fine. I'm um, gonna take. I'm gonna take a slight. I'm gonna take a flyer on Alabama. You know why? There's gonna be one interesting moment at Alabama, and it's when Nick Saban, like that name, comes up in one last NFL discussion. I did not say that this was a logical discussion, nor did I say this. Jason, quote me. I did not. I did not say this. I didn't say that the reason Nick Saban gave access to an interview for an excellent piece by Jenny Vrentos on SI.com comparing and contrasting the long friendship between Nick Saban and Bill Belichick and pointedly mentioning how Bill Belichick doesn't want to face him again. I, I, there, there's no way that that got in there because Nick Saban is testing the waters for one last push for an NFL job. Nope. Nope. Not why Belichick mentioned how great he was despite the somewhat deceptive record of Miami. Also, you know, definitely a coincidence mentioning that Tom Brady had one of his worst performances in his last, like, shutout against the Nick Saban defense. Nope. 
nope, not what, not what the mouthpiece of access journalism itself, Sports Illustrated, the most comfortably situated to the kingmakers in professional sports. No, 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 that's not why they did that piece at all. Definitely wasn't, you know, coordinated with agents on board because pff, powerful men don't work through those. No. So, so after Belichick goes back to the Browns, uh-huh. un- unfinished business. Yep, yep. Remember, he is. Um, this is a true fact. He is the greatest coach in the last what thirty years of of the Browns. He got into the playoffs. He did. He 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 won games at the Browns. Um. So after he goes there to you know to to show that like, well, I, I can I can win anywhere. I I can literally win in Cleveland. Um, that Pats job is open. Saving to the Pats. That's that's majestic. I was thinking the Giants. I don't think they're actually going to hire him. I don't think he's going anywhere. But I'm just saying, definitely don't plant that paranoid seed in your head. Right? That a major yeah. media piece contrasting and comparing the two, specifically mentioning how hard it was to face him as an NFL coach, uh, definitely, definitely has nothing to do with larger ambitions by people working with a major media operation uh, that definitely didn't get that cleared through agents and power brokers. Nope, nope. Just a, just a funny speculative piece. That's all that was. So if you were to trade Saban to an NFL team and Bama gets that NFL team's head coach, who would you go? Oh, I, man. I, I kind of want Andy Reid, Alabama head coach. <laughs> they hate him. <laughs> they hate him so much. First of all, he's got facial hair. Untrustworthy. <laughs> well, we're going to do a lot of adventurous stuff on offense, but we're going to use it. Well, you know what? Alex Smith and Jalen Hurts, those two gentlemen play a similar style of football. So that actually, I might be talking myself into this. No, no, no. You're you're talking yourself into it. And I respect that, but it's not the funniest answer, okay? Because if you want somebody who um, was going to make them furious, I have a couple of suggestions. The first is Carolina. <laughs> Ron Rivera. Does Ron only, Rivera not have a if name? he rehires Mike Shula. Man, rehire Mike Shula as coordinator. Does he not have a name that's just born to be fired after three years at Alabama? Ron Rivera. Yeah, that didn't last. The Rivera era. The, <laughs> the, <laughs> oh, man. The, the, like, Bama fans deluding themselves, buying into him. Hey, listen, you get us some chips because he's Riverboat Ron. <laughs> um, hmm. uh, I have another one that would be infuriating for Alabama fans, which is why I would definitely want it to happen. Um, the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, that's a good one. Because Pete Carroll would win. But, man, they'd hate him. Boy, would they hate Pete Carroll so much. Finally, finally, a dynastic head coach in here. Coach who's going to win multiple, <laughs> multiple titles. Finally. Why didn't you run the ball on fourth and one? <laughs> <laughs> Always run the ball, no matter the down. Always. Fifth down, I like, run it. So, what if Bama goes and gets John Harbaugh? <laughs> <laughs> As, as much as they despise Jim, go get John. <laughs> oh, my God. They'll go get John. Like, no, he's the good Harbaugh. 
Oh, wait, I got it. Saving to the Raiders. John Gruden, Bama head coach. Now everyone's pissed off. <laughs> Absolutely nobody is happy. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. That'd be that'd be bad. That'd be super, super bad. I do kind of... I would love the... I would love people talking themselves into thinking Marvin Lewis. They'd be like, oh, man, Marv, he's he's definitely got a pulse. That's a coach who can stand there with a headset and pretend he's alive. Well done. Mm. He's got gravitas. Gravitas is what you say about a coach when that coach might have died six minutes ago. I thought they fired him. Did they? No, I think they still have Marvin Lewis, man. I think everybody was like, "Yeah, why wouldn't you fire Marvin Lewis? He's basically just a just a placeholder." And nope, nope. Hmm. <laughs> Marvin. I Lewis. mean, it, it's it's fine because, like, what are you going to do? Hire someone who's going to win games with the Bengals? Come on, man. Do you want to know how long he's been there? It says two thousand three. <laughs> Marvin Lewis is only fifty nine. Oh, he's got twenty years to go. Yeah, he's got 20 years to go. He could be their next Paul Brown. He'll be there until he's 97. <laughs> take Brown's job. <laughs> Let's get Jason Garrett to Alabama. Oh, he hey, he went to Princeton. That's a <laughs> that's 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 the Bama of the Ivy League. The Bama. <laughs> they 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 got almost as many titles as we do. Um, that and that and I, I really think that if you could get anyone, I don't know, Mike Tomlin. There, there surely wouldn't be a problem with Mike Tomlin. Yeah, the coach who, for for some reason, I can't quite put my finger on it. Um, the second winningest active head coach in uh in football. They always want to fire the guy. I don't. There's it's it's weird. I can't figure out why. Oh, that and uh, that and another thing that I think is going to dominate the off season, which uh, I'm a fan of. You know, there's always like there's always a central issue that comes to dominate the off season. Everybody, you know, sort of hops mm-hmm. on it, chews on it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's usually something that everybody forgets about, right? Like I don't know, should we let them have fifty more dollars? That'll surely that'll surely fix everything. Yeah, it's always some either some procedural NCAA crap. You know, like, can you have, can you have camps? Can you have a recruit camp on a barge or not? Well, we here in this conference are very pissed off about the barge camps, and these folks in this other conference think think you're depriving the student athletes of barge experiences. You either got that, or you got conference realignment talk, which nobody's moving anytime soon. Like, yes, you know. Certain mid-majors, you think you're entitled to the Big 12 and all that. And yes, Big 12, you think you're going to exist for more than um, 10 years. You're all wrong. You're all wrong. But we're still going to argue about it. Um, what do you got for the the issue of this offseason? <sighs> See, I'm thinking it's going to be transfers, right? Yeah, probably, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Well, we'll, we'll like, there'll be, everybody will be really excited about, you know, hey, you can play for three different schools. You could, you know, there's a way you could do that, which actually I do kind of get excited about because I'm like, well, why wouldn't you do that? It's like semester at sea, but for football, right? Everybody else gets to do this, right? Oh, well, I took a summer at the Sorbonne and that was fun. And then um, 
You know, I got a certificate working through the extension school for, uh, you know, Narita University in, uh, you know, Japan. And uh, then I got my my degree and a certificate. Like, I really like this. I think everybody should be able to move around, right? Like, oh, okay, like an engineer. You go, okay, well, I had a fifth-year practicum in Alabama where I learned administration. That's what we really need to do to denigrate Alabama is to be like, well, why don't you go get your degree in football administration there? Get your certificate in it. You can get your undergrad at, like, Florida or whatever. Go get your degree of football administration. Your get your degree. Get your degree in playing football. Yeah, go go get that. You know, and what did you do? Well, I had like a, I had like an offensive practicum at uh, West Virginia. You know, under uh, Professor Holgerson, that was good. Um, and then you know, to be honest, I went out to Arizona State uh, ostensibly for you know some football stuff. But I gotta be real honest, it was just a good time. It's just an internship. I'm glad I considered it. Yeah. So the proposal right now is apparently um, someone has had the good idea to allow players one freebie transfer without having to sit out for a year, which, sure, yeah, great. Either let them make money or let them do whatever they want. So, sure, let's do it. Um, and so what we're going to hear in the entire offseason is people yelling about this is going to ruin the sport and we're going to have – um, players changing teams as if we don't already. Yep. Um, and we're, we're going to have, you know, oh, they're going to go to where they can play and see the field, which I don't know. Apparently, apparently it's preferable to leave players just, um, um, you know, thrown in a cellar somewhere where they can't see the, the light of the field. I don't, I don't see what's good about that. Um, and then on top of that, you would have the graduate transfer. So, you know, you could go play as a freshman Decide it's not for you, transfer somewhere else, graduate, and then transfer somewhere else. All without missing a single season. I love this because it opens up new recruiting. Like, potential and possibilities that it was heretofore unseen, right? In-game recruiting, right? Yeah. <laughs> Where it's like in the fourth quarter, you tackle that guy and somebody's like, Hey, buddy, why don't you come play with us? Hey, come buddy, ne- next year, you, you, can be, you can be wearing this uniform that I'm wearing. Imagine that. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be awesome? That's pretty good. You could be getting these carries in the first quarter. Because i got to tell you what. Our guy sucks. He's awful. <laughs> they point to the bench. I do! Look at him. Terrible! <laughs> he knows it. He yeah. knows it. Yeah, he knows it. Yeah, I'm not going anywhere. Thought I was a five-star. <laughs> Sorry! <laughs> um, I also predict that... Uh, I also predict that, as always, there will be... Uh, there'll be one coach who implodes just implodes always happens there's a school that loses a coach in the offseason um either because they're looking for a reason and that happens and that's popular these days oh yeah if, if your coach is on the hot seat guess what they're finding something on you yeah we also get to decide who's on the hot seat going into the season often based on just kind of illusory expectations about where we sort of want a program to be right not that I'm subtweeting Jim Harbaugh in Michigan and people who sort of thought they should actually do things this year when everybody thought it was a rebuilding year. No, uh, definitely not them. But we we decide that, right? Like, this is when we go, oh, I don't know. You think this is when Bama made a mistake by putting Mike Loxley an offensive coordinator? First of all, when has Alabama ever needed an offense? When? They needed it with the fourth quarter and Tua. Yeah, they had to throw a deep ball. Like, there's there's the, there's the pressure you were under. What'd you do? I don't know. Had a guy make up some stuff and threw one deep ball. 
Yeah, you can do that because you had Deron Payne. Deron Payne turning into Thanos every other snap. I'm going to enjoy this. So your hot seat for next year. Um, hmm. Uh, so let's see. Kansas still has that guy. Yeah. I don't, tell you. I don't need to tell you his name. No one really needs to know it. He's that, still there. That'd be David Beatty. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like this, I don't. I don't know if that's you'd have to have heat first, and Kansas football so obviously already undergone some kind of heat death that it's not really. I don't think it applies, right? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. It's not the kind of thing where I'm like, damn it, they're wasting opportunities. <laughs> no, they're not. No, they're just. Um... Let me give you a clue as to how to put these together. Okay, it's this: who lost their bowl game? That's it. That's on the like. Is it beyond year one? And did they lose their bulge? It's the saddest, easiest, cheapest thing in the world, and it is completely true. That if you lost your bowl game, people are like, I don't know, that guy's on the hot seat. Which is funny because I know like Paul Johnson would probably always come up on the hot seat, and I'm like, can't have a hot seat if there's no nerves in your ass. Can't have a hot seat if you don't make a bowl. Under this theory, it's the perfect the perfect way to do it. Go five and seven every year. So under this theory, um, hey Gus Malzahn. <laughs> oh, absolutely. That one I think is actually completely legitimate because at Auburn you're on the hot seat pretty much every other week, and Gus Gus has really leaned into that. Yeah, either they are there there when you're the Auburn head coach, there is a statue of you that will not be built all at once. They'll build it a little at a time when they like you, and they'll spend the rest of the time trying to fire you. Or or they'll spend the rest of the time tearing the statue down. So if you look over and you see just nothing on that pedestal, you're gone. Yep. Uh, let's see. Ed Ogeron. There you go, SEC West. You can always count on the SEC West. Ed Ogeron, because uh, that didn't go well in the bowl game. And in addition to that... Um, Lost an offensive coordinator. Not that people were like absolutely like super excited about Matt Canada, but it should be said, a little weird when you don't get along to the point with your guy after one year that he takes it elsewhere. Also, LSU losing its standard load of NFL draft early entries, um, which I guess not a huge worry because it happens every year, but still sort of. Sort of keeps the ceiling on things. Um, not that it really needs to, because Bama's there anyway. So there's your ceiling. But um, I think a lot of people are talking about Larry Fedora, <laughs> UNC, as being on this list. Which sure, fine, whatever. I mean, yeah. I mean, are you? When are you on the hot seat? Right, like at North Carolina. Like that's. Yeah, I don't know. I like that's that's my answer. I don't know. You know who I'm going to start at the hot seat for life, like just just for life with that contract and how it happened. Jimbo Fisher, just Jimbo. You know them seats, <laughs> them 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 seats in your new Bobcat, they're heated. <laughs> with that kind of money, there should be. I think my favorite thing about that situation is everyone's going to say, you know, Jimbo comes out and drops a drops a six and six turd on him or whatever. Everyone's going to say, oh well, they're stuck with him. You're, you're going to tell a bunch of Aggies what they're stuck with? You're, you're going to tell them what they can and can't do with their money? 
they'll, they'll fire him with with ninety five million dollars left on his contract. See if they won't. It's just money. We'll go to Dubai and get more. This is how Texas A and M becomes like re- we've said this before, but this is how it becomes repossessed by some sort of like emirate or kingdom, right? Mm-hmm. Like Texas A and M is now technically owned by the UAE. <laughs> Gig them. That's that's how this happens. They'll need to bail out this entire thing. It'll bankrupt the entire university, and that's how you end up with the UAE having a tiny plot of land in College Station, Texas. And then they invade to take it back. Ooh, man. Speaking of speaking of outposts of bizarre nature, Kingsbury at Texas Tech, it's gonna have to turn one one day, right? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a weird thing there because I feel like their fans are, are, are a little tricky to get a read on. You know, like they're always either more in defense of him or more sick of him than you would guess at any point, I guess. Yeah. Um, and it, it feels like right now, and, and again, this could fluctuate. These markets are volatile. It feels like right now they're a little bit more okay with him. Uh, than they were, you know, uh, when this time last year or whatever. Did they win their bowl? I don't even remember. They, they did not. They they lost. Oh, well, they lost to USF. That. So yeah, that's right. That's right. On the hot seat, like those Definitely. are that that one's a, that one's a little bit of an illusion, uh, you know, because I don't know, I don't know what your expectations out of life are, Texas Tech. Just you know, be entertaining. Right, be entertaining. Win eight games, you'd be pretty happy with that, right? I would think. Occasionally, yeah. occasionally, you know, sort of like have that aberrant, above board kind of, uh, you know, season. Just but yeah, up. that's I, I don't know what your expectations are, man. Another, another one that I'm like, well, you know, that's that's pretty real, and I only say this because I hit long history of wearing out welcomes. Mike Leach. <laughs> I think I'm gonna fire Mike Leach. No, not fire, but have the kind not, of like not. I get, I get you. Not for wins and losses. <laughs> no, just kind of that velvet divorce where they're like, "Hey, you know, this was real good," and uh, frankly, you know, we're all chafed. We just, just there's so much chafing going on here. <laughs> not enough gold bond powder in the world to salvage this relationship. Mm-hmm. And I only say that too because there's new AD, you know, and there's Mike Leach. It's not that Mike hasn't done his job; it's just that it's Washington State getting a little bit of success, a little bit of continuity. New AD, hey, new horizons. Maybe thinking about being something different than what we are. Hey, our coach just said kind of four weird things in a meeting. Guys, can we sort of talk about getting somebody more normal? That's how people are. Mind you, I don't think this would be a good thing, right? Like, oh, yeah, that'll definitely be great. Washington State can go pick up a guy who can do well there just tomorrow. No, 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 no. 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 If they were smart, they, they, they'd hold on to him. Uh, could it happen? Mm-hmm. Betting on being smart isn't always the best wager. And that's not even a um, – <laughs> we don't know anything about this AD. I'm, I'm pretty sure neither of us could tell you the person's name. This is more just a – that's the way these things work, kind of thing. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, I believe that, I believe they got FAU's athletic director. Is what I think they got? Who? Yeah, that sounds right. Lane Kiffin to Washington State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Patrick Chun is the guy that they got. And he was at, he was at FAU. And, uh, you know, in terms of, in terms of getting an outspoken guy, I don't know. Worked with uh, worked with Lane Kiffin, so there's that. Also, I believe you know might have hired Carl Polini. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's when we enter the. Hey, did you have anything to do with the Carl Polini hire? Let's just back up, back away from that. So, upon further review, Mike Leach will be there indefinitely. I think after after a closer look at the situation, Leach is entrenched. Well, you know, I you know, it's not that um I belong to the hotel or the hotel belongs to me. It's that you know, I've always been here. I've always been part of it. It's uh, kind of a cool thing if you know about the history of hotels. Oh, hey, here's a fun one. Major Applewhite at Houston, whose school president came out and said, "We fire coaches for going 9 and 3." And then Let's see what did what did Major do in that first season? I believe it was eight. Was it eight and four? I believe they were. eight The and wiki four. says seven and five. Oh well, that's definitely below standard, isn't it? Whew! That is two entire games below the stated firing line. So yeah. So uh, Tillman Fertitta, you think he's gonna be? Think think Tillman's gonna put up with that? He's gonna install a. Uh, Mike D'Antoni, the Houston Cougars head coach. <laughs> Six seconds or less. George Carl running the running the Cougs. Mike, dude, Mike D'Antoni as a football coach would be great because you thought you'd seen hurry up. <laughs> they snapped the ball with 30 seconds on the clock. <laughs> Actually, it would be 34. Yeah, 30, 37 seconds on the clock. <laughs> Have you ever seen this many people vomiting on a football field? <laughs> the refs the refs have passed out and they're pleading for pleading for mercy <laughs> oh my god they ran 190 plays in this game yeah for 212 yards it was really weird <laughs> by the edge is literally falling forward yeah exactly every single play d'antoni's arguing for a foul it's like no no you can actually hit them that's impossible <laughs> um so Paul Petrino is an FCS coach now. Is that correct? That is correct, and I think they're they're probably good. Although you know, I just want you to watch. This is not a hot seat thing at all, okay? But proof that things aren't necessarily better the second time around, right? Bobby Petrino at Louisville. This is this is slightly underwhelming. Did you see the spread on their week one game in 2018? No. They're playing Bama. Okay. So, since you haven't seen it, um, why don't you put a number on that? What, what, what's, what do you think the, uh, the, the spread ought to be there? Um, I'll go 27. Well, we're going to bump you up a full field goal. Yeah, so in year, what, four or so of the Petrino, the second Petrino era? Yeah, you're, 
or five. whatever. Year five, dude. Mm. Year five. Coming off of, let's see, diminishing returns. Uh, the worst. So he had the, the best worst. player in school history. Yep. Yep. And what do you have to show for it? They went four and four in conference, which is Bobby Petrino's worst finish in the ACC ever. Hmm. You yeah, and you're gonna start <laughs> starting starting the year in Orlando, losing probably losing by thirty points. I mean, when Bama has these crazy spreads, they cover them. Like we saw that last year, Ole Miss and Vandy it was like forty five points. Yeah, sure, rack it up, no problem. So for Lamar Jackson's career, you have a Music City Bowl win. That's it. Yeah, that's it. You got a Music City Bowl win, and somehow you managed to lose nine games in two years with him, thanks to uh, an absolutely terrible defense. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's not good. And like that'll that'll eventually wear and add up. Oh, and by the way, you lost Lamar Jackson, who frankly, without Lamar Jackson last year. I don't know if they have a winning record. It's kind of hard to picture. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not seeing the path to, <laughs> not seeing the path to six there. Um, so let's see. All right. So let's see. Petrino, you're sick of him. You find some shenanigans. Um, where in the world would you find those when it comes to Bobby Petrino? Maybe you take a look at this coach at USF. You know, it's worth a thought. I, I wonder how he would do. Who could say? Impossible to tell. I mean, he does have. He's been at Florida. He's been at USF. He's got. He's got those Florida recruiting connections. Those could prove valuable at Louisville. Oh, you know, I think if he could just find the right, you know, offensive coordinator, they, they, you know, they could probably do pretty well there. Bobby Petrino. Bobby, that's. <laughs> The strong Petrino. Well, you know, Petrino's great, but what if it was a strong Petrino? <laughs> that sounds like that sounds like some sort of quantum particle, does it not? There's a strong Petrino there. It sounds like a weather forecast. There's a strong chance of Petrino. Strong chance. Jim Cantore just face first into the wind. This Petrino is <sighs> so blustery. It's it's so droning and boring, and I, I can't take the sound. Just imagine the the voice of God booming from above, and it's Bobby Petrino's voice. It's always the it's always the sound of a it's always the sound of like a sleepy mink, like a like a freshly sedated mink in a fish and wildlife trap, right? Like I'm not an invasive species. It's the sound of like the garbage disposal is jammed and you're trying to run it and it's just going. Eh, 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 eh. That's it. 